Everybody say, Jesus, please. Say it again, Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. All of us use that name, I'm pretty certain, at least once a day. Most of us probably use that name several times a day. Every time you have a meal, you pray over the food you eat. Maybe you have a problem, you pray in the name of Jesus. So we are very familiar in using that name, the name of Jesus. I do not think that any believer does not use that name frequently to the course of a day. So it's not something new this morning as you're hearing a message on the name of Jesus. In fact, in the early days when we used to preach crusades, this was one of my favorite messages. I keep preaching it over and over again on the name of Jesus. It was so great, so wonderful to preach about the name. Always exciting to preach on the name of Jesus. Amen? And every time, what I found out is every time you talk about that name, you preach on that name, something new opens up. I don't know, I know how many times, I don't know what count it is now that I'm preaching on the name of Jesus. But even this time around, there's something new that I learned about the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm just going to pass it on to you. The name Jesus is a powerful name. It's a glorious name. It's a, it's a great name. It's an awesome name. And as we hear the word of God about the name of Jesus, I believe that our faith in that name will rise up to new levels. So get ready for that. Your faith in that name will rise to new levels. And you'll be able to draw out of that name something that you have not yet received till this point. So expect something. You know, don't say, oh, gee, name of Jesus, I'll go to sleep. You know, I know everything up to date. No, 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 no. Just expect something to come into your heart as you hear the word of God. And let faith arise and so that you can pull on that name and receive something that you're yet to receive. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4, it says, you know, God in, in times past, He spoke to His people through the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son, who is the express image of His person. He is the image of this invisible God and he upholds all things by his powerful words and then it tells us in Hebrews 1 4 that he by inheritance has obtained a name that is more excellent than all the angels the name of Jesus is a name that is more excellent than the name of any angelic, any heavenly being. Amen. Now some, some get very happy. And I saw this angel, angel Gabriel came to me. Or angel so and so came to me. So what? There is a name that is more excellent than the name of any angelic being. It's the name of Jesus. And he inherited that name. It's his. The Bible also tells us that this name, Jesus is an honorable name. It's a worthy name. It's a name that has to be revered, respected. In James chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, as James is talking to the believers there, he says, you know, hey, hey, you guys, you know, when some poor person comes to your services, you know, you tell him, sit down on the floor way right there. When some rich person comes, you invite him to the front seat. You make him sit down right in the front. And, you, you know, you give him special treatment. And he says, this is not right. This ought not to be. You shouldn't show partiality this way. He says, you know, after all, the poor people haven't, although they are poor in the world, hasn't God made them rich in the faith? And they inherit that same faith? And he says, these rich people, after all, do not they dishonor or do not they bring reproach to that worthy name or that honorable name by which you are called. 
The name Jesus is an honorable name. It's a worthy name. It's a name to be respected. It's a name to be held with reverence. And especially in the West, when they want to curse, they say, oh, it's like a slang, you know. But the Bible says that name is an honorable name. It's a name to be revered and held with great esteem in our hearts. The Bible also says that this is a name that is above every other name. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11, as, as Paul talks about the incarnation of Jesus, he says, you know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he didn't think that God had his something to be held on to. And I'm just paraphrasing here. But he emptied himself. He became humble. He became obedient to the death on the cross. And because of what he did, God, therefore, verse 9, has highly exalted him and put him in a place that is the highest place, is the right hand of God, and has given him a name which is above every other name. This is a name that is above every other name. And then at the name of Jesus, everybody say Jesus. At the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee will bow. Every knee of sickness, disease, every demonic spirit, every spirit of infirmity, every spirit will bow of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth will bow. And every tongue will acknowledge that this Jesus who is behind that name, He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. God has highly exalted Him, given Him a name. It's above every other name. Now we'll just take a little quick trip into the Old Testament. The Old Testament has such an amazing revelation of the names of God. The Old Testament. They knew what the name of God carried and represented. To Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, God revealed Himself by one very prominent name called El Shaddai, God Almighty. God said, I reveal myself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. And then comes along this man, Moses, who dares put this question to God. He says, God, please, what is your name? Moses is the very first person who dare ask God that question. In Exodus, the third chapter, verses 14 and 15, when God says, Moses, I want you to go and deliver my people. He says, I'll do it. But one question first, what is your name? And God responds and says, I am that I am. Go and tell my people, I am has appeared to you. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is I am. The El Shaddai, the God who revealed himself as God Almighty in the past, is now revealing himself to you as I am, the eternal, self-existent one. So Abraham, Moses goes to the people and says, I am, has sent me to you. This eternal God who is self-existent, always is, always was, and always will be, I am. For him there is no past and there is no future. He is I am. He is eternal. Because he lives outside time. You and I live in time. And as Moses obeys God, God gives Moses this unique revelation. In Exodus chapter 6, chapter verses 1 through 6, God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I want to tell you something more. Since you asked me that question, what is my name? I want to give you a little more 
information about my name. Exodus chapter 6 verses 1 through 6. He said, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, the El Shaddai. But to you, I'm revealing myself as Jehovah. Because I am the God who keeps covenants. So for the first time, Moses hears this name, Jehovah. And God says, that's my name. Because I am the God who keeps covenant. Jehovah means the eternal, self-existent, immutable, unchangeable one. Who keeps covenant. Who keeps promise. He first revealed that to Moses, Jehovah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the fathers of the faith, didn't know him as Jehovah, the God of covenant. But here comes Moses receiving this unique revelation of God, Jehovah. And as Moses continued his walk with God, God continued revealing him, revealing himself to Moses over and over again as several aspects of Jehovah. So as Moses began to write the first five books of the Bible, he begins in Genesis chapter 1, And God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth, and God, Elohim said, Let there be light. And Elohim separated the, the, you know, the, the water from the earth, and Elohim did this, and Elohim did that. And then he comes into chapter 2, and he said, suddenly in verse 4 he says, And Jehovah, Elohim, the Lord God. He realizes the same God is the God of covenant. Jehovah, Elohim. First time, it says, Jehovah Elohim. And then, as he progressed through the books of the Old Testament, more and more names, covenant names of God are unveiled. And you and I are familiar with many of them. Adonai, Jehovah, the Lord our sovereign. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will see to it, or the Lord will provide. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, the one who gives us victory. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Sidkinu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Mekadishkim, the Lord our sanctifier, the one who makes us holy. Jehovah Sabot, the Lord of hosts, who's in charge of all the armies in heaven and on earth. Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is present. Jehovah Elion, the Lord most high. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Hosinu, the Lord our Maker. Jehovah Elohinu, the Lord our God. Jehovah Elohika, the Lord thy God. And Jehovah Elohe, the Lord my God. So in the Old Testament, there's an amazing revelation of the names of God that reveal various aspects of who God is. The God of covenant backs up each one of these names. When he said, I'm Jehovah Rapha, he's saying, I'm in a covenant with you, but I am the Lord, Jehovah. When he said, I am Jehovah Rohi, I am in a covenant with you, an unbreakable, unchangeable promise, Jehovah is your shepherd. This eternal, immutable, unchangeable, covenant-keeping God, who can never go back on his word, who can never go back on his promise, says, he is your shepherd. Meaning, nothing can change it. When he says, I am Jehovah Shammah, he says, I am the Lord who's always present with you. You go to the valley, I am there. You go on the mountaintop, I am there. You go to the depths of the sea, I am there. You go through any dark tunnel, I am Jehovah Shammah. This is a God, a covenant. I will never break my promise to always be with you. The Old Testament people, people in the Old Testament understood what it meant to honor the name of God because the third commandment 
out of the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, he says, This is the third commandment. Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Never, 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 never take this name in vain. Never use any of the names of God, titles of God loosely. Never take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So they knew that the name of God had to be honored, had to be revered, had to be respected and used with, with sacredness. Now Moses gave us another interesting insight. It's good to ask God for thanks. In Exodus, the 33rd chapter and the 34th chapter, Moses puts this question to God. He says, God, you know, I've walked with you all these years. You know, I've, I've seen all these things, gone through all of this. But there's one thing I really want. He says in Exodus 33, show me your glory. I want to see your person. I want to see who you really are. Show me your glory. And this is how God responds to that. He says, Moses, you go stand in that place. And here's what I'm going to do. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. You want to see the glory of God? I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Revealing to us back in the Old Testament that the name of the Lord is attached with all of the glory of God. All who God is. All who God does is wasted in that name. And they knew it in the Old Testament. In that name lies the glory. He said, I will proclaim my name and you'll see my glory. There are many other great things in the Old Testament about the name of the Lord. For instance, they knew that the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. Proverbs 18.10 That the righteous run into it and they are safe. Psalm 20 verse 1, they knew that the name of God is their refuge. The name of God of Jacob is their refuge. They also knew that in the name of the Lord, they will raise up their banners. Psalm 20 verse 5, in the name of our God, will raise up our banners. And there's much, much more in the Old Testament about the name of the Lord. But all of a sudden, when you come into the New Testament, God says, I want all people everywhere to call on one name, Jesus. And that name is above every other name. What is God telling us? He's saying, everything I've revealed about myself in the old covenant, everything I've given you, all the names of God and titles of God, everything, Jehovah, El Shaddai, everything in the Old Testament is all now wrapped up in one name. It is Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament, all of the glory that you see in all the names, the titles of God in the Old Testament, now is wrapped in one name, Jesus. God didn't do away with his name. He says, forget, that's a bad name. I'm changing my name. What he's saying is, everything I spoke of in the old is now wrapped up in one name. Jesus. And this is a name that is above every other name. A name is only as good as a person behind it. As you say, what's your name? My name's Sachin. But when you say, I am Sachin Tendulkar, that changes the whole thing. So a name is only as good as a person Behind that name. But who is the person behind this name? He is God who became man. Who stepped into the world. He is the one who lived a sinless life. No sin could fall him. He is the one who healed every sickness, every disease. Who calmed the storms. He is the one who multiplied loaves and fishes and, and demonstrated authority over the natural elements. He is the one who went to the cross and died for the sins of the whole world. He is the one who on the cross 
conquered every demon in hell and destroyed the powers of darkness. He is the one who when he was buried, death couldn't hold him because he rose up alive uh, from the dead. And he said, I was dead, but I'm alive and I have the keys of hell and the grave. He is the one who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. No other authority greater than him. He is the one who said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. This is the person behind that name. Amen. Go ahead, you can clap. This is the person behind that name. And that's why that name is so powerful. It's so powerful. There is much that the New Testament teaches us on the name of Jesus. And I just want to run through a few things with you this morning. Then we're going to exercise our faith in that name together. The Bible teaches us that sins are forgiven in His name. Jesus taught us, he said in Luke 24, 45, when you go out to the nations, go preach that repentance and remission of sins, remission of sins is available in my name. And so as the disciples went out and preached everywhere, they proclaimed that name. Acts 10, 43, as Peter is talking to the Gentile, Gentiles, the house of Cornelius, he says to him, all the prophets give witness that, that whoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In his name, because of his name, my sins are forgiven, your sins are forgiven, because it represents the only one who died on the cross. Tell me, what are the name of which other person can you and I call who died for the sins of the whole world? There's only one, Jesus. First John 2 and verse 12 says, my little children, your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Because of that name. Our sins are not forgiven because we lived a good life. Our sins are not forgiven because the pastor laid hands on you. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. His name. And in his name, you and I have been washed, sanctified and justified. Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, you know, hey guys, you're a messy, miserable, stinking bunch. Now, some of you were adulterous, fornicators, thieves, murderers. Covetous, idolaters, all of this. First Corinthians 6, 9, he says, such were some of you. But you were washed. You were sanctified, set apart for God. And you were justified in the name. When you call on that name, it doesn't matter what mess you were in. It just got cleaned up because of that name. In that name, you've been washed. You've been sanctified. You've been justified. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It's in that name. It's in His name that we have, that we are saved. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation. And the Greek there simply means total deliverance from from the fall, from everything that's evil. Salvation is in that name. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Eternal life is in that name. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, John writes, he says, you know, all these miracles were recorded so that you might believe in the name of the Son of God and believing you might have life through Him. He repeats this in 1 John 5, verse 13. He says, I I want you to know, write these things to you who believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you do have eternal life. And that believing, and that you will continue to believe in Him. How do you know you have eternal life? Because you believe in the name, the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In His name, you and I have eternal life. It's in His name. 
Amen. Prayers are answered in his name. Jesus said in John 14, 13 and 14, he said, Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. He said, I tried it, it didn't work. It's because sometimes we treat the name of Jesus like a good luck charm. A rabbit's foot. I don't know, we have that here, but a magic wand. Pastor, wave that for me. You know. Listen, we'll talk a little bit more later. What it takes to get the blessings of that name. But the promise is, and it always will be, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That will not change. In John 16, 23 and 24, Jesus said, Until now, you've never asked anything in my name. But I'm telling you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you so that your joy may be full. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. And here's how Jesus taught us to pray. He said, you pray to the Father. He said, pray to the Whatever you ask the Father in my name, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Why do we pray in the name of Jesus? Not so that everybody knows when to say Amen and start eating. Bless His food, Lord. In, and everybody's waiting. When is He going to say in Jesus' name? So we say Amen. You know? That's not the reason why we pray in Jesus' name. We do it because Jesus said, you pray to the Father in my name. And you know, I'll tell you later on what it means to pray in that name. It literally means it's as if Jesus is making that petition to the Father. That's what it means. When you pray in his name, it's as good as Jesus making that petition. Nothing less than that. That's why he says when you pray to the Father, in the name of Jesus, in my name, he will give it to you. We give thanks in his name. Ephesians 5 and verse 20 says, giving thanks always in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. I give thanks to you in Jesus' name. We give thanks in the name. In fact, the Bible says, whatever you do, in word or deed, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name. God, I'm going to work. I do it in the name of Jesus. God, I'm going to speak. I do it in the name of Jesus. God, I'm going to play. I do it in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it in that name. Meaning, do it as a representative of Jesus. In His name. Whatever. As a believer... You and I are called to use His name in everything. In everything I do, I must do it in His name. Do it in that name. Amen. There's healing in that name. His name carries the fullness of Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. Acts chapter 3, as Peter and John are going to the temple and they say this lame man, Peter says, you know, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And all these people come running to him and he says, you know, man, don't look at us. It's not by our power, our holiness. And verse 16, he says, his name, everybody say his name, through faith in that name. So you see, we've got to have faith in that name. Amen. The name of Jesus is not like, a, you know, a good luck charm. Let me see if it works. No, 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 no. You've got to have faith in that name. His name. 
through faith in that name. Faith given to us from God has made this man whole whom you see right now. His name through faith in that name. It's, a, it's an ordinance in the church. In James chapter 5 verse 16 and 17 or 15 and 16, James says, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. All that is fine. But here's the key. In the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Second key. Will heal the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, it will be forgiven him. The key is to pray in his name. And to pray the prayer of faith. Smith Wigglesworth, in his, uh, he shares many, many stories that, that he, uh, of, of God working through him. He shares this particular story when there was a woman who was just about to die. Doctors had given up. They said, you know, she's, she's going to die. She's leaving behind her husband, some young kids. So they called Smith Wigglesworth to come and pray. And he said, let me take two other men of God, you know, with him. One other man of God was a great man of prayer. He said he could travel the world around two times and still keep praying. So he took these two other friends. He said, let's go pray for this woman, minister to her. So he told the first person, he said, why don't you pray? So this man of God stood up and said, oh God, Comfort the, fa- comfort, comfort the husband. Please take care of the children. Smith Wigglesworth said, faith just kind of drained out. The one moment he started praying. He was waiting for him to finish. So then he told this great man of prayer. He said, why don't you stop praying now, hoping that something better, he would pray something better. And this man, when he prayed, faith went out the door very quick. He said, God, let her die peacefully. And Smith Wigglesworth was waiting for him to finish his prayer. The moment the second man of prayer finished, Smith Wigglesworth walked up to the side of the bed. He said, woman, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And immediately she was healed. And he said, here's the difference. These two men prayed looking at the problem. I prayed looking at Jesus. That's the difference. If you want... To experience the power of his name. You don't pray looking at your problem. You look praying. You pray looking at the person behind the name. For whom nothing is impossible. That's the way you tap in to the power of that name. The problem with many of us is this. We try the name of Jesus. Yeah, we try the name of Jesus. Give it a try. That's the problem. Get your eyes off the situation. Get your eyes off the mountain. Get your eyes off the valley. Get your eyes off the tunnel. Get your eyes off the darkness. Look at Jesus, the one behind the name. And then pray in that name. And you'll see what happens. There are miracles in that name. Mark chapter 9 verses 38 and 39. Jesus was in his church. He had Peter, James and John, all his disciples with him. And there was somebody else who started a church next door. It was, I don't know what it's called. And one of the disciples of Jesus who belonged to Jesus' church, they saw people from that church using the name of Jesus. And so they complained to Jesus, Lord, we saw someone casting out devils in your name. They don't belong to our church. We've got a problem here. We've got a copyright on this revelation. We've got a copyright on this name. So much, so much like our modern world. We think we've got the revelation. We've got the, nobody else can Nobody else has what we, we have. But here's what Jesus said. You know, no one can do a miracle in my name and then speak evil of me. Implying 
that there are miracles in that name. And anyone can use that name as long as they believe in that name. Amen. There are miracles in that name. Miracles to calm your storm. To open closed doors. To make a way where there seems to be no way. To turn water to wine. To multiply loaves and fish. And to open closed doors. There are miracles, miracles, miracles in that name. Amen. Now you and I as believers, we have authority in that name. Jesus tried to convey this to his disciples in Luke the 10th chapter. He said, guys... I'm sending you out two by two into every city that I want to go. I can't go there personally. So you go on my behalf. But when you go, use my name. It's like giving them his credit card. Use my name. So they go around the cities wherever Jesus wanted to come but couldn't go. And they come back with this report in Luke 10 and verse 17. He said, they said, Lord, we hit upon a discovery. The devils are subject to us in your name. The devils are subject to us in your name. Lord, in your name, these unclean spirits are submitting to us. And here's how Jesus responded in verse 19. He said, you know, this is the key. All you've got to do is keep using it. And this is what you'll experience. I'm giving you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, meaning absolute mastery over the powers of darkness. To tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, this name gives you authority over all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing will by any means hurt you. You know, some people are very scared. I've heard this question so many times. Pastor, if I go chasing some devils, will the devils come chasing me? The answer is very simple. The lie you believe empowers the liar. Let me try this out. Maybe they'll understand it. The lie you believe empowers the liar. Amen. So if you believe a lie, it empowers the liar. But what is the truth? The truth is, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say, go use my name. It gives you authority over all the power of the enemy. And be fearless, be bold. Because nothing will by any means hurt you. But if you believe the lie, if I chase one devil, seven devils will chase me. God bless you. Because you believe in the lie empowers the liar to do that. But believe the truth. The truth is, if you use my name, it gives you mastery with all the authority, all the power of the enemy, and nothing, it comes with a guarantee. Nothing will by any means hurt you. Believe that. Amen. Now what we must understand as believers is this, that every believer has been wasted with the power of attorney. Every believer has been wasted or delegated with the right to use the name of Jesus. Do you know that because you're a believer, Jesus has given you the right to use his name, to use this powerful name. In Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, Jesus said, these signs, these miracles will accompany those who believe. This is the qualification. You're a believer in my name, meaning Believers will use my name to have miracles accompany them. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is what Jesus said believers will do in his name. Amen. He rested that with you and me. He said, go use my name. What does it mean to use the name of Jesus? It means... 
that you show up on his behalf to do what he would do if he was there. You know, when Jesus came to this world in John 5, 43, he said, I have come in my father's name. In John 10, 25, he said, the works I do, I do it in my father's name. What did he mean? I am representing my father here on earth. Then he turned around to you and me and he said in John 20, 21, as my father sent me, I am sending you. Go in my name. Represent me. Amen. Just as Jesus represented the Father, He's expecting you and me to accurately represent Him. And to do that, He said, use my name. So that's why we use the name of Jesus. To represent Jesus. Do we all get it? We use the name to represent Him. To do what He would do. If he were in that place. To pray what he would pray. If he were in that place to the father. To minister to the needs as he would minister. If he were there. That's why we use that name. Amen. A few more things we'll wrap up now. The name of Jesus brings the person of Jesus on the scene. Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 20, He said, If two of you are gathered together in my name, I am there. You gather in my name, I am there. The name brings him in. His name brings his power. First Corinthians 5 and verse 5, Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says, When you are all gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, with my spirit, meaning I'm also there in, when you are gathered together in my name, with the power, Gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with the power of the Lord Jesus. What happens when we gather in His name? His power is present. This is what the Old Testament revealed. When Moses asked, Lord, show me your glory. God said, I will proclaim my name. His name brings His glory, the person and the presence behind that name. Every time you call upon the name, we call upon that name, we must expect the person. And his power to accompany the calling of his name. Amen. When we mention his name, it brings the person and the power of the Lord in that place. Amen. Finally, this is a name that will last forever. When history is history. When every name has been forgotten. When every history book has been burnt. When the names of every great leader, every emperor, every king, every president, every prime minister, every great personality... Has long gone been forgotten. When there were a new heavens and a new earth. And a new Jerusalem descends on this. On the new earth. In Revelation chapter 22. Verses 3 and 4. The Bible says. That there, out of, there was a throne of God. And there was a Lamb of God. And his servants were worshipping him. And on their foreheads. His name was written. It's a name that's forever. Never to be forgotten. This is the name of Jesus. Amen. The important thing when we use that name is to have faith in the one behind that. Have faith in that name. It's no ordinary name. When we have faith in that name, everything that Jesus would do, if he were here present, will take place. Amen.
It's time that you and I as believers during the course of this week when we are at home at school at work wherever you are and you see your knee remember you have his name you have his name you can use that name in that name every demon has to obey in that name every sickness has to be healed in that name circumstances situations will have to change you have that name amen but do we believe there's healing in that name? Do we believe that all of Jehovah Rapha is wrapped up in that name? Amen? We just have to have faith in that name as a minister. We're going to believe God. That healing will come in His name. To relieve those who are hurting or suffering. And it's alright if you've been prayed for several times prior to this. It's okay to be prayed again. It's not a sin. It's nothing wrong. You just believe in God for healing in your body. So those of us who who need healing, I know what kind of it, what kind of problem you may be having. It doesn't matter. But you want God to touch your body and heal you. It may be internal, maybe external. It may be a pain that you can you can immediately say it's gone, or it may be a condition that needs to be verified medically. It doesn't matter. As we call upon that name, because the Bible says whoever calls on that name will be saved. Anyone can call on that name. We're gonna believe in this place as we pray for one another in that name, healing will happen. People will be healed. Diseases and sicknesses will disappear. People will be made whole and well in their bodies because of the power that's in that name. You're going to do that right now. We as believers, praying together. In Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. Every sickness every disease you must go in Jesus name arthritis diabetes in Jesus name be made whole be healed be healed be healed every spirit of infirmity come out in the name of Jesus every spirit of affliction come out in the name of Jesus every chronic disease be healed in the name of Jesus I especially saw people with back problems, hip problems, maybe you had a hip replacement or a hip problem, problem in the lower back. God's healing these conditions now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Receive your healing. Command the bones to be healed. Lower back conditions to be healed. Hip conditions to be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be healed. In Jesus' name, be made whole. In Jesus' name, be healed. Now, Lord, we give you thanks for what you're doing, God. We give you thanks, Lord, for every healing, every miracle, every healing, every miracle, Lord. Tumors and growths, you must dematerialize and disappear. In the name of Jesus, growths, tumors, cysts, in the name of Jesus, dematerialize. Go in Jesus' name. Disappear in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we give you thanks, God. We give you thanks, God. We give you thanks. We give you thanks, God, for your healing. In the precious, in the mighty, in the glorious name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you, if you've been prayed for, I want you to check your healing. You know, every time Jesus ministered to people, He told them to do something they could not do. The man on the bed, He said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. To the man who had a withered hand, He said, Stretch it out. Jesus always told people to do something they couldn't do. So I want you to do, do that right now. If there, I mean, some conditions are internal. You need to go to the doctor and get it checked. But if there's an external condition that, that, that you can verify, I want you to do that right now. Take a step of faith. Begin to do something you couldn't do. A miracle for your life. It could be a financial thing. It could be a situational thing. It could be something related to your job, your employment. It could be related to your business, whatever. Something that has to do with your life situations, your circumstances, your situations. You need a miracle. Receive your miracle in Jesus' name. Receive your miracle in Jesus' name. Have faith in the name of Jesus. That's where the miracles are. It's in Jesus' name. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Come on. Receive your miracle. Father, right now we pray. Miracles will be released in the name of Jesus. Let miracles be released in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We say to everyone who is standing in need of a miracle, receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Turn water to wine. So let your circumstances be turned around. Let your situations be turned around. In the name of Jesus. Let every valley be lifted high. In the name of Jesus. Let every crooked path be made straight. In the name of Jesus. Let every closed door open. In the name of Jesus. Let promotion come. Let divine favor be released. In the name of Jesus. Let there be supernatural provision. Just like the ravens bringing food for Elijah. So let there be supernatural provision. In the season of drought. In the season of dryness. In the season of famine. Let there be a provision. A supernatural provision. Coming into your life. In the name of Jesus. We release miracles now. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.